Hello, nice to see you. Nice to see you. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Gig It Up. Thank you so much for joining us again. Yes, this is episode two of our Super Bowl Bites specials. And today is Super Bowl 2015 with over 120.7 million views on the night. This is Katy Perry. Yeah, that's a lot of views. That's a lot of views. Uh, Katy Perry apparently called the Super Bowl the Puppy Bowl in order to be able to deal psychologically with the amount of viewers she was about oh, really? to get. Yes. <laughs> because that's quite intense, right? Yes! I just I mean, watched... Um, so, sorry, go for it. So for context, I put up a, a TikTok the other day that's now had 38 views and I'm feeling the pressure. <laughs> So all, all I can't eyes imagine on you. what that would bring. All eyes on me. <laughs> I can't imagine what that would bring. All 80, 92 eyes. That was me trying to do some maths there and doubling <laughs> 38 by two. Which all, sounds better than 38. All, all 60 eyes on you, Nick. Yes. And my goodness, what a huge event. Yes, I've just watched, um, if anybody would like to watch along with us, there is also an accompanying uh, our 10 minutes documentary about the making of this Super Bowl special as well and it's quite something hmm. tell me Nick um, and... about about the, yeah. the Super Bowl there are some sort of scandals surrounding Katy Perry and this well there's Bowl. quite a number of there's quite a number of uh conspiracy theories around uh, around uh Katy Perry's Super Bowl appearance and we'll talk about that I think in a bit but um yeah, the, the, one of the scandals was the idea that she had paid to play the event. Mm-hmm. Because and she, it, I think she released a statement saying that uh, that was not the case. And because, as we talked about in the first episode of our Super Bowl Bites, this brings in so much money and Lady Gaga's sales rose 2,000% after her Super Crazy. Bowl appearance. So it would make yeah. sense financially for an artist to pay to play. You have a paid to play, Nick? I mean, not with money. <laughs> with emotional <laughs> With damage. emotional trauma, <laughs> yes. <laughs> with my dignity and self-respect, yes. But not oh. with money. Oh, apart from at the Edinburgh Fringe, where it's totally fine oh. to pay oh, £4,000 yeah. for a room, yeah. oh, for well, a shed that, with yes. no soundproofing. <laughs> but that's another podcast, maybe. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of artists ourselves included, have paid money to do gigs, Edinburgh, basically, that's what it is, mm-hmm. to uh, have exposure. But um, as we talked about last time with the Shakira and J-Lo gig, like that cost 12 million. I think the rumours was this cost about 10 million. Yeah. But that was all paid for by the NFL. So they, they don't get paid a fee, but they do get paid expenses. So they essentially get a lot of money to do whatever the hell they like on stage for 12 minutes. Yeah. And here's something I learned in the, uh, in the Katy Perry documentary we're making of this. So this is um, a 12-minute performance. They're usually around 12 to 15 minutes. But what I didn't realise is that you have only seven minutes to get in. So, yeah. So the entire stage... It's put up in seven minutes and has to be taken out in less than seven minutes. So you see about 500 people wow. run onto what is some of the most protected grass in the whole world because it's where people are going to come on and play the second half of the weird rugby with the hats on that they play. <laughs> and they run 500 stagehands that they've just hired, run on, pull on all of the lights, all of the stage, everything that they're going to need to stop Katy Perry falling off an enormous tiger, spoiler alert. 
in seven minutes. <laughs> that I mean, that's crazy because it's crazy. So Edinburgh, you get like generally fifteen minutes to 15, get your show in, and right? we have whined <laughs> about that enough. <laughs> <laughs> but the difference is, we don't have five hundred people that's helping. True. It's basically us and we maybe someone else if you're lucky. Ten million of the NFL's money to help us do it. Yeah, that's true. Oh God, the people when I did Edinburgh last year, the people who. Um, followed me must have hated in fact they did hate me <laughs> because i <laughs> facts because i basically pour sugar over myself at the end of the show and a lot of water so so essentially it just ends up being like a sticky mess that that i kind of did manage to get clean up but equally it was cutting you know it was very cutting it very fine one year in edinburgh we had a bit in our show where we would pay an audience member to do a wee in a cup on stage behind a little sort of windbreaker screen. Um, and then one day there was a cup of uh, what looked like we left in the dressing room and a big note that said, shit theater, please clean up your urine. And it wasn't urine. It was a LucasAid actually. <laughs> All the other companies that shared our dressing room is a strong word for what it was cupboard. All the other companies that shared our cupboard thought we just left cups of other people's piss just openly lying around in our dressing room. Oh my god. The Edinburgh Festival is a mine a field in so many ways. But um wow, so seven minutes to get all of that set up, which is crazy. Um so Katy Perry, what's your previous journey what's your previous Katy Perry journey so Katy Perry is uh, an absolutely enormous star or was an absolutely enormous star with whom I have zero relationship uh, <laughs> in fact uh I until I watched this uh Super Bowl and then the documentary and the same thing happens I do with all of these gig ups I become really fond of the artists just through oh, wow yeah paying attention uh to what they're doing but I just I don't get it I don't get it I don't understand what it is that she um is trying to give me as a as an appreciator of her yeah. as a person or a musician or a writer or as an artist. I don't get it. I don't get it. But now, having met her sort of yeah. as, a, as a persona a bit more in this documentary, I'm starting to get her as a person. But I don't get the music. I don't get the vibe. I don't get it. I don't get it, Nick. Do you get it? Um. So I is it for children? Is that what it is? Uh, I don't think it is for children, but it does have a sort of kitschy kind of vibe. I think the thing that I find a bit confusing about Katy Perry that I don't really get is that she walks a line between I'm fierce, I'm a fierce diva, and I'm just a kitschy gook. Yes, yes. That, that I don't know if that works a I lot of the time. That is... a in this documentary as well, that also comes across in her personality because she's sort of like, mm, I'm, a, I'm just one of you. Mm, I'm just one of you. But then she tries to go, yes, yes, at things. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And sort of like, uh, and it's, yeah. it feels a bit, um, one of those things feels contrived. Yes, I agree. Um, so there's that. So three things that have impressed me about Katy Perry that are not really about Katy Perry. (laughs) One, um, I like two of her songs. Name them. Dark Dark Horse. Okay, yeah. I like. And the reason I like that is not because of Katy Perry. It's because my favourite drag troupe in Chiang Mai in Thailand does a corking dance routine to that, which I've seen numerous times because I love them. So if you're ever in Chiang Mai, go and see the lovely Huns at... 
number six cabaret because they are adorbs. But uh, so so there's that. And the second one is that uh, is a, um, a remix of a, a song called Bon Appetit, which I like, but only because I was in Porto and that came on in, and I was in a fun gay club and I was drunk and I had a good time dancing to that. He likes to travel the globe. It's Nick Fury. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, and then <laughs> I went to, no. Um, and then my third one is that there's a very glorious and impressive photo because she's married to Orlando Bloom and there's a uh, just a incredibly delightful photo of her and Orlando Bloom on a paddleboard and she's on the front in a swimming costume he's on the back stark naked nude, yes, nude and this. it is a glory to behold is all I'm going to say. And you so find her personally my... responsible for having made this face happen. She's brought that and she helped me. She helped bring that moment into the world. So yeah. for that, I am eternally grateful. Thank you, Katie Perry. So, so she, I feel like she's facilitated some great moments, but I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily have a relationship to her, but then also, you know, um, I think she's probably a nice person. Yeah. She comes across, um, as that, especially, um, I did a little probing into her social media and she's um, less of the glow by J-Lo vibe. Yeah. Some people are. <laughs> Naming no names. <laughs> name, name, namely J-Lo. Okay. And yes. using that on a, as a pivot upon which to swivel into the beginning of the Super Bowl, this is an absolutely tripophobic nightmare. But a great joy for anyone who loves clusters of holes next to each other. Oh my Where God. are the clusters of holes? The beginning of the Super Bowl is just like loads of people holding balloons. These enormous oh, yeah. balloons. And I am scared. I have a phobia of clusters of oh, holes. Oh, do you? Tops of crumpets, cells under a microscope, <laughs> uh, sometimes sponge, some sponge. I can't look at really? it. Really? It makes me feel that... Um, uh, when was the last time you had a crumpet? Oh, regularly, but I just can't look them to, to look at them. <laughs> just can't look them in the eye. <laughs> can't look them in the eye. Just have to eat, eat them and make sure they're gone. Oh, yeah, no, so the, the beginning of this... Crumpets are a joy. I think, I just thought uh, insects were going to crawl out of these things. It was horrible. Well, also, Pepsi branding, hello. Oh, God, yeah. Opens because... with an enormous like, aerial shot <laughs> Pepsi of, of a tripophobic Pepsi logo. It's horrible. <laughs> So people are holding up um, glowing balloons that are basically the Pepsi logo. And then they start to sort of change and to, uh, into something else. And then it opens and there is Katy Perry. Yeah. Riding. And a, she is on. She's riding a giant animatronic. What is this animal? Liger. Liger. So, there we go. <laughs> so <laughs> she's about to sing, I no, what's it called? Raw. Yes. Because what the are the song. lyrics? I'm on the eye of the tiger. She's on the eye of the tiger. So she references tigers, Mm -hmm. but uh, it does look like a lion. And And actually... It could be either. It's supposed to be a lion. So the puppet makers... Oh, fine. The puppet makers are Michael Curry and Charles Babbage, and they built uh, the Lion King puppets as well for the theatre show. Uh, They also built a Trojan horse for Cher and an Egyptian horse for Katy Perry in another show. They say it's a lion and she's riding a lion to the lyrics, I'm in the eye of the tiger. (laughs) (laughs) But also hear me roar. I mean, essentially they all roar, right? So it's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So this, this is a 16 foot lion and it's, uh, but it's a puppet. So you see um, like sort of guys and people in black who are operating the movement of the legs 
of this thing that she's riding, which I really like to see the sort of operation inside oh, yeah. of something yeah, so beautiful. huge and slick. Uh, and what I didn't realise is that in order to get off it, because of the quick costume change that happens, two guys run up with a 20-foot fireman's pole. She jumps. What? Well, off what? screen, she jumps from the top of the lion onto the 20-foot pole, pole and slides down it like a fireman and has 14 wow. seconds to change her costume and then get out for the beginning of Dark Horse. What? Yeah, so quite impressive. Back, the backstage stuff. Oh, I mean, how do you get Katy Perry off a giant animatronic lion is something I've always wanted to know the answer to. A fireman's pole. <laughs> fireman's pole. What did you wow. think of this performance, this entrance then? Um, I, I mean, it's impre- it is a, it's a big lion. Yeah. That big, she's on the back of. I, I think it's kind of impressive. I think it's a, it's a big spectacle moment. You know, if you want to have a, a big opening, a grand mm-hmm. opening, <laughs> then <laughs> get in a lion <laughs> then um, <laughs> then I mean it's it, it is a moment it's yeah. definitely you know and it is a stake raising moment so she is high st- very very high stakes right from the beginning yeah. um the the costumes were designed by uh Jeremy Scott mm-hmm. and the flame dress that she's wearing at the start cost fifteen thousand dollars yes and it's very bright it's very flamey it's, it's, it's literally um, just cartoon flames and there's some it's cartoon flames cartoon flame gloves fingerless gloves yeah. um so she let me tell you that absolute nightmare she had with those fingerless gloves backstage as well oh, really? catch, catch up on more katie perry's glove drama on the accompanying documentary <laughs> Because those quick changes must be really nerve-wracking. Yeah, they, they, from what got, I can see, it's terrifying. If you've got 45 seconds, because we've watched quite a number of shows with quick changes, but there's usually about a three-minute turnaround. Yeah. Like if we think about uh, Janet Jackson. Celine. Or Celine. You know, it's very choreographed, but there's usually about three minutes because there's stuff going on on stage. On mm. this, there's nothing else going on. You've probably got, like, what, 45 seconds most turnaround. Yeah. And it's it's not even 45 seconds. She had 14 seconds to get wow. down the pole, take the gloves off. <laughs> the gloves are the big problem. And then walk 15 foot to get out, to be out onto the projection surface that she was on and not be out of breath for the beginning of the start of the next song. So that's four, yeah, 14 seconds for all of that. And But does she have to not be out of breath? Because she ain't singing. She is singing. Did no, she she's think she's not. singing. Think? Yeah, that's why she's out of tune. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think. I think that it's a live track again. Do you? I, yeah, I, I because don't. I don't think she can sing that well, and she just sounds quite good. I think. Oh really? I thought she was a couple of moments where she she, she was really straining, and I thought, oh, that's. I think that's the moment. I think that's the moments that she's singing. Li- I think there are moments where she's singing mm. live, and that's where it doesn't sound so good. Well, the the dark horse that you, that, which is the song that we're talking about, that she the second track that she would have been yeah. out of breath for, um, is sort of more of a dance number, and she's not really a dancer, which is why it would make sense for this one. Maybe she wouldn't be singing live for this. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Because that's the interesting thing, right? Like, I don't think she's really a dancer. No, she talks about this in the documentaries. Like, this is the thing that came yeah. last. She was always a singer. She plays the guitar and stuff like that. And it's only in the last few years, up, leading up into this point, that she's ever started to dance. And so she did this, um, she had rehearsed for months, a whole month, I yeah. think, of rehearsals. Uh, and they said they had to run the final show at least 50 times in full 
so wow. that it's so that it's muscle memory. Just in case anything goes wrong, you can trust yeah. your body to go to. We'll just we'll just do the thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's impressive. So Dark Horse, we move straight into. And and that was one thing I wanted to talk to you about is that I felt that this that this performance is very sort of fractional in a mm. way because because it's very like broke. We get that thing again where it's short excerpts of songs. It's just like rattling through the greatest hits. Yeah. But I really felt with this one, perhaps even more so than the Shakira and J-Lo, is that it feels quite disconnected. Like we're sort of... For one, we're, we're sort of in one place and then suddenly we're in, in another. Yeah. What did you think about those sort of jump cuts? So conceptually, conceptually, it's definitely more, we're in this idea, now we're in this idea, now we're in this yeah. idea. And the way that uh, the her, her creative collaborator is called Baz Halpin, he described it as a playground and that you would uh-huh. go from you go from one play area to another play area. And he said that's never actually been done before. So what we're seeing here, which is the sort of really... Uh, sort of segmented thing hasn't been done yeah. and perhaps it hasn't been done for a reason because people reason. people like flow and connection and there isn't much yeah. you're right there isn't much flow between the the, the separate concepts but it's impressive yeah. to see that they could get a human chessboard chucked up there in 14 seconds yeah so suddenly we're on this human chess. there are chess chess pieces we're very much in it and it's that thing of I suspect if you're watching it from the crowd, you're probably like, I'm just, I'm not really so in this because you're so far away. And it's definitely made for TV. Yeah. It's like live with a crowd. But so, so I think the fact that the camera is right there is kind of, it does put you in the moment, I think. Yeah. But as a live experience, I suspect it might feel a bit disconnecting. Yeah. I guess the, for the people who are watching live, that's what all the floor projections about because of sight lines and it being in an arena, completely round arena. Uh-huh. There's nothing really much they can do about putting screens up on one side so you could see her face like you do it, for example, like a big stadium yeah. gig because that would block yeah. like t- right. 2,000 people behind you. So I yeah. suppose the only thing they can play with is this uh, really intense floor projection that she's got going yes. on with chess. Yeah. It's like a chessboard that moves. So it's got um, uh, JLo and Shakira had it as well. So it makes look some, look sometimes like the floor falls away underneath her and yes. it's moving up and down. Quite cool. Probably quite yeah, cool. Yeah, the, uh, the flooring becomes quite a feature. I think mm. there's a lot of floor kind of projection, which is impressive. And the conspiracy theorists had a field day with. Oh yes, they did. We'll <laughs> Katie, come to Katie that, Perry, Queen of the Illuminati, or whatever it is. <laughs> yes. Um, so then we move into uh, "I Kissed a Girl," which was her breakthrough hit. Um, yeah. With and Lenny Kr- Lenny Kravitz. L- Lenny Kravitz. Kravitz is there. <laughs> a fifty-year-old Lenny Kravitz in a in a gold lame vest is there. Um, yeah. He to bring. Um, some rocky, rocky vibes energy. to, to like, now, okay, so so yeah, because essentially, I kissed a girl. That's a song which I guess is like ten over ten years now. Yeah, I, I've heard Katy Perry say that if she was going to do that now, she would make some adjustments to it. Yeah, um, which would probably be a good idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> But now we're, so now we're in the situation where we've had Katy Perry being very, very high stakes. So she's been on the back of a tiger talking, a lion talking about how she's on a tiger in the eye of the tiger (laughs) roaring. And it's all about female empowerment. I'm here to hear me roar. Mm -hmm. Then we're into Dark Horse, which is a song about don't mess with me. Mm -hmm. Then we're into I Kissed a Girl and 
Lenny Kravitz, Kravitz, Kravitz. Is the, Lenny Kravitz is the is the focus. Suddenly, he's the rock god, and he's singing the song. And Katy Perry is doing the flip and flip and here's my ass in your crotch dance. Yeah. So this is something we didn't. What do we think? Uh, if we didn't listen to episode one, we referenced there are two um, male rappers that join J Lo and Shakira on stage separately, and suddenly these very high status women do the thing where they do the uh, my i'm here to be the crotch that you all the, the arse that you're the arse that you rub, rub yes. your crotch again yes exactly basically. and suddenly my status has flipped and she, yeah you're right katie perry does exactly the same thing and i've put lame she's humping yeah, against him I, lame yeah because I, I don't know what the i don't know what the 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 position is there whether it's like okay for this for this moment i'm just sexy yeah, and that's there's a power in that, or 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 what? Is, or we're supposed to be looking at Katie Perry now through Lenny Kravitz, Kravitz, Kravitz. <laughs> I just I, it doesn't seem like okay. So, so she's definitely thought about this entire thing. They've planned she and oh to the nth degree, right? To the nth degree, everything's been thought about, and I just don't see how you can wheel out a fifty-year-old man to sing. I kissed a girl and I liked it. Her lips tasted like cherry chapstick, and then just have the younger Katy Perry hump up against him. I just don't know what yeah. it means. Like what? Again, I, it's this like lack of communication of intent. I do not know what you want from me here, Katy Perry, because I'm finding it gross and lame. Yeah, I don't know. I agree. I don't know what this that is, and it feels like a weird status drop that doesn't serve any purpose mm-hmm. and doesn't make me think. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I'm just yeah. like. Mm. I also um, have a problem with her promoting bisexuality like some kind of satanic witch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's that. And we'll come back uh, to the other complaints. <laughs> many, well, you know that uh, Lenny Kravitz has a um, thunderbolt tattooed on his finger and that's a sign of Satan. Yes, correct. So we'll just go into that. This is... Um, <laughs> They had never met before this performance. Uh, and the first I'm time... sorry, what? So Lenny and Katie only on stage? met on stage in like the final rehearsal process. That's crazy. So I think it's like the dress rehearsal, they meet. Why? I, just, I don't understand why he's there. And, I, and that is weird because if they didn't have any sort of relationship and it's just basically like renter Lenny, I don't get it. <laughs> Me neither. I also, if I was him, I wouldn't have agreed to do that particular song. No. Because it just doesn't... No, make... because suddenly... Because also it's supposed to be kind of like, well, is it a queer... No, it's not in any way a queer anthem. But it's like... Suddenly it's like massively heterosexualized. Yeah. If it had any, like, bi-curious or bi-queer... Anything subversive. Subversive stuff about it, it's gone when it's a 50-year-old it's man gone. singing it. Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. it's just basically like, well, that's what you do and that's what everyone does. <laughs> Okay. And they like, and they do like it. It's fine. They love they it. Do, they they like do like it. it. They like it. I like they it. Like All it. right. They like it. <laughs> I've kissed a girl and I liked it. <laughs> Kissing is nice. Move on, Lenny. Okay. So. All um, right. So now we get sort of cartoony. This is very. Um, dream. Sort of Janet Jackson-y almost. I don't know if this is an influence from, there was a couple of uh, moments of Janet Jackson where she gets really girly and really cartoony in the gig we watched from, which will be about. 12 years before what we're watching yeah. now yeah. yeah so this is for it's um, super kitch it's beach super kitch. kitch beach kitch and this is for like the california girls 
and um, another track from the album that was massive uh, are both Teenage Dream. Teenage Dream, yeah. Is the name of the song. That's the one one I was looking for in my brain. Uh, What do you think about this bit? I um, think it's colourful and there's beach balls um, and there's sharks. I know the left shark was the whole thing. I don't (laughs) particularly want to go into that. But But just in case anyone doesn't know, there are two dancers dressed as giant cartoon sharks, one on the right, one on her left, and left shark became an internet meme because he's sort of doing his own thing. Yes. Dancing out of time. and, did you and know, apparently Kate, that was a choice. Yes, that was a choice. <laughs> Katy Perry, after this, then tried to, to trademark the phrase left shark for her own personal use, as well as the phrases right shark, drunk shark <laughs> and basking shark, which I'm pretty sure is already a kind of shark. It, that is definitely a kind of shark. So I don't think, yeah, those, those yeah, I... I think that you can't trademark an animal that already exists. <laughs> well, anyway, it was, my feeling. <laughs> it was definitely thrown out um, of whatever court decides if Katy Perry can own the words shark, left, right, drunk or basking. But she, she gave it a good go. That's incredible. Well, I mean, that talk about like being opportunistic. If something blows up, I suppose you have to kind of go, you know, like, why not jump on it? But, um, but also you don't yeah, need so to jump guy... on it. She's surely got enough money that she doesn't need to... Uh, I guess no. maybe she was pregnant and worrying about her children's future. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Justify. She wasn't, she wasn't pregnant. <laughs> maybe she I'm blaming this on her own women. That's so bad. Maybe she was on her period. <laughs> Uh, no. Well, maybe. I don't know. But um, <laughs> for that aside, um, it's, a, it's a bouncy number. Um, it's a bouncy moment. It was, um, it was based apparently on a Scissor Sisters uh, performance at the 2005 Brit Awards of Take Your Mama. I used to love the Scissor Sisters. And the, oh, yeah. di- the director of this is a British guy called Hamish Hamilton. And there's a lot of British and Irish people in the creative team. So this was apparently oh. based based on a Scissor Sisters moment at the Brit Awards where they did some big okay. giant cartoon dancing birds. And they liked it. Oh, nice. So here it is. Um, I think it's kind of fun and satisfying, but... I don't think, again, I, she just can't dance. And so yeah, I've got, it, I've she got, doesn't really bring anything to it. I've got her dance moves in that very, regard. Very Cliff Richards. Yeah, they are. It's very, it's very like step and tap and step mm. and tap. And yeah, so it's not like doing anything, but it is fun and there's a lot of energy in it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't need her to be like Beyonce level dance, like amazing. I'm fine no. to watch someone who, like, you don't have to be this triple threat of everything in order to be a compelling artist yeah I, I absolutely agree i absolutely agree with that and i think but i do think with katie perry there's this interesting idea that personality kind of like carries it yeah and because then also the like is, what is the personality i'm just not sure yeah because we live in a post gaga world well not post gaga because <laughs> she's still around but you know what i mean like <laughs> i do know what you mean like this is someone who can, that that is someone who can do it all mm. she's and she sings live like she's not messing around she dances and sings live and she's incredible yeah and uh, you know, Katy Perry had already broken when Gaga came along. And I th- I sort of, I think that that kind of changed the game for a lot of people. And, and Gaga's a bit like, if you see someone performing, they should be singing live. Yeah. And I sort of agree to an extent. I don't know, because I'm also in it for a spectacle. Yeah, well, this is a spectacle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't mind and... mind numbers if, if there's a elaborate dance routine that needs to get done yeah. but there's not here no true but again i do think so, i do think she's singing live quite a lot more 
than you do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, well, definitely Not... there are some bits where you're like, oh dear, you're singing live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a little nice glimpse of her Hindi arm tat as well here, which must be a uh-huh. le- leftover from her Russell Brand days. Oh yeah, because she got married in India. Yeah, bless her. Um, so then we move on from this and it's a total gear change, which makes little to no sense into Missy Elliott performing, uh, with Get Your Freak On. Which, um, was a a big surprise. That was the thing that they were sitting on, like, ooh, a surprise is coming. They don't know Missy Elliott's going to pop out of things, which Missy Elliott actually does quite a lot is pop out of things because she pops out of Janet. She does a lot of popping out of things. She pops out of the lid in Lizzo's tempo, the lid of the car. She pops out of that. So Missy Elliott's frequently just popping out of things to surprise people. So this is sort of classic <laughs> Missy Elliott here. I, please, Missy, can you put, like, I'm here <laughs> waiting for her to pop out of something because Missy. I love Missy Elliott. And, <laughs> like, my laundry basket. Pop out, Missy Elliott, and please do, because I love her. Maybe it'll help imbue the rest of this day with a sense of possibility because you're like, who knows? Is she going to pop out of is something? Is she going to come out of... <laughs> <laughs> Under the bed. Um, so Missy Elliott pops up and uh, with with Get Your Freak On, which, I mean, tune. Yeah, it's a tune as soon as it starts. Um, I was it's great. Delighted. And I was like, is this because I just, I'm just, is it just great? Or is it just because Missy Elliott's just much better than Katy Perry? And I just like Missy Elliott's songs much more than I like Katy Perry's songs. I'm really enjoying yes. this section well, though. Oh, I love it. I, 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 I mean, I would like to just watch Missy Elliott's yeah. Super Bowl, essentially, yeah. is what I want to watch. I don't want her to just pop up. I want her to take over. I want her yeah. to be like, bye, Katy Perry. <laughs> so, you know, she's just great. She's just great. Get Your Free Corner is great. Yeah. Um, it's like pure charisma and status and ease. And artistry. Yeah. And, I mean, she's a, she's a freaking genius. And yeah. so... You know, then then Katy Perry is there, kind shouting, of shouting, "Come on, Missy, do your thing over the top of what Missy Elliott is trying to do already." Katy, she doesn't need any encouragement. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. Just let her get on with it. How about you sit by the side, Katy? Um, so yeah, so we get get your freak on. We get is it worth it? And we get lose control as a um, as a medley. Oh, it's just so good. I just love her. The dancing's amazing. The visual is amazing. Suddenly, it's like it shifts from being this kind of like cartoon, slight kind of like kitsch nightmare into just like slick, gorgeous, professional fabulousness. It's quite an awkward collaboration. I don't know what the relationship was between Missy Elliott and Katy Perry. I wonder if they'd ever met before. I think they had. They had (laughs) definitely met because they had to get this dance together. Oh yeah, yeah. And they had to get the. Uh, come on missy do your thing rehearsed Uh, but it's quite awkward okay another another question um Uh do you ever feel like a plastic bag (laughs) well you know um yeah (laughs) i feel you know sometimes i do feel like a plastic bag in the wind in the wind it's one of those it's one of those songs where it should be profound but somehow the fact that it's a plastic bag bag blowing in the wind <laughs> just kind of stops it. Maybe just, if it was a paper bag, then maybe that it would be profound. A plastic bag, I just, I just picture green lanes in North London and uh, a plastic <laughs> Iceland bag yeah. flapping, or like a saver's bag 
from the... Yeah, it's not a romantic image. And uh, while I kind of get the metaphor, it's not really doing much for me. I mean, I do feel... But do you think that she saves it? Do I think she saves it? I mean, well, she, you know, because she she basically Missy Elliott has come on, slam, killed it, slayed it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that uh, Katy Perry kind of steps back in, able to bring it back to her? I mean, it's so hard to say because she. So what we're talking about now is your firework, which is the next and the song in the finale, um, and she she does bring it back, but she is also dressed in like an enormous Barbie ball gown and strapped to a firework and flying around the arena in the air. So if she hadn't brought it back with those stunts, it would be kind of depressing. That's true. And is it a hat on a hat? With the she, lyric is baby, you're a firework. She's quite literal. She she's like, I have, the, I have the tiger and she's on that lion. And then if she'd been on a plastic bag, <laughs> That blowing in the wind blowing in the wind just around woo <laughs> around this arena in arizona um would you have preferred that i think i would but it would have been more literal it would have been more literal but um yeah what do you think about this as a closing moment i mean the tripophobic nightmare is back so there's these fucking balls have come back out again um and i do think she's singing this live i think she's singing this live because it hurts my voice to hear her sing it i think it's a really really hard song to sing and actually there's a moment on the voice or whatever it is i think she's one of the coaches on the voice or something similar to the voice in the states and she has i've seen this clip going around where she's got one of her mentee singers and she's talking to her about how hard it is to sing you're a firework firework yeah how true like how difficult it's approach getting this out of her mouth yeah, it, it's a pretty tricky song and probably even harder when you're being lifted into the air on a giant firework. Mm-hmm. Or plastic bag. Yes. Do we feel like it's a closing moment that's fitting for the rest of the show? Yeah. Yeah, it's appropriate in tone. It's what you might expect to happen. In fact, it is completely predictable. So if you, yes. bu- if, you bu- if you buy into the rest of it, then <laughs> there, there couldn't have been anything more. They had to do this or something surprising. So they had to do this because yeah. nothing else was a surprise. How do you feel about uplifting songs? Because I think it's supposed to be an empowering, uplifting song. Do you yeah, think I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't really like any of her songs. I find them all... <laughs> I just think... That I, I feel like I'm on a different wavelength. I don't think they're bad. I feel like I'm missing what she's trying to do with everything. Yeah. And, I, and they're great on me. But I can take an uplifting song. I've started jogging. Sure. Sure, I could take a... <laughs> Maybe a remix. Yeah, sure. How about you? You like an uplifting song? Or are you too much of a sad I, goth boy? <laughs> <laughs> I like um, a melancholic song that makes me feel like doom is on its way. That's generally <laughs> the kind of songs that I, that's the kind of vibe that I go for song wise. But um, I don't know. I don't think I've ever found a song empowering or uplifting as a, like a message. Like I remember someone once saying to me that they found that they were like, oh, sometimes when things get really, really tough, I just listen to Wilson Phillips, hold on for one more day and it just gets me through. <laughs> and I was a bit like, I'm not sure that would work for me. I do I do find, and this is not going to go down well considering she's been cancelled, I find Sia quite uh, empowering. And the delivery of... Uh, I want to fly. Yeah, just the, the power behind the way she sings, I find I'm, I could be empowered by Sia, I think. 
Yeah. But not Katy Perry, I'm sorry. But not Katy Perry. So, what are your overriding thoughts? Because we're done. We're We're done. We're done. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we're... Into the ads. Katy Perry is into the Scientology ads, which followed, (laughs) apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how rich the Church of Scientology is. They could afford an advert uh, for the Super Bowl halftime. Wow. Um, So, what do I think? Um, I think Katy Perry's... A sort of interesting one. She's sort of disappeared since then, right? So this is 2015, and we're now t- 2021. Yeah. And she sort of um, peaked here and then disappeared. Yeah. Because this is like some songs from this are like 10 years old. And they're from Teenage yeah. Dream, which is an album that had five number ones, uh, which is a record only beaten by Michael Jackson's Bad. So this is just wow. like a huge, huge star that then sort of goes off the boil uh, she had a bit of a different i think her one of her second to last mm-hmm. album i don't think did very well or was a bit tricky and i, ju- I yeah. just think maybe the world has changed this is 2015 this is the last mm-hmm. year pre-trump and i don't think anyone has the heart for whimsy in the way that they did when they could watch a shark dancing like that in 2015 so it is sort of like a time capsule of of the before the dark days began yeah, I think so too. And uh, yeah, I think things have shifted. And I also think that other artists have, other artists have come in like uh, Billie Eilish and various others who I think are just a little bit more uh, more gritty and a little bit less willing to kind of be like, I'm a ditzy fool. <laughs> you yeah. know, to kind of cover the fact that there isn't much else going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that might be. I'm, I think that might be the moment. Um, so there were four costume changes. There were four costume changes, which, which is not that big a costume change count. But she only had forty five seconds to get on that finale dress, which had cost fifteen thousand pounds. Wow! And they still look. Which is interesting because it looks like it came from paper chase. Yes, it looks like it's made of things you could get from paper chase or tiger, like flying yeah. tiger. That shop that you know. Oh, yeah. It was very. It's very. I get a lot of things for outfits for, for drag shows. Yeah, exactly. It's very literal and it's all very like cartoony. And but then I suppose can you be subtle at the Super Bowl? I, just, I I just don't think there was much like there doesn't seem to be much depth to it. So for example, I read an interview with the costume designer. I can't remember his name now, and he was like talk, Jeremy Scott. Jeremy Scott, and he's talking through. Mr. Jeremy Scott is talking through a couple of the choices he made and she wears this big comfy jumper for uh, the Missy Elliott bit. And he was like, for that, we were going for comfy, cute jumper. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's what uh, it was. She, there's a number 49 on it. And you're like, is that, does that mean, okay, all right, cute, comfy jumper. Okay, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, it does what it says on the yeah, tin. Yeah, and for the for the finale, they were going for like big glittery Barbie. Right, right, right. You know, it so it's like it a sort of tin. like a cartoon, a cartoon plastic firework lady. Um, which yeah, yeah, it, it yeah, delivers, yeah. but it's not much. I mean, it's very immediate, and it doesn't require any interpretation. And I suppose in when you've got fifteen minutes and you're like rattling through the songs, yeah. which have been cut down like maybe it's hard to 
maybe you need to just be like a visual representation of what you're doing. I just, but, I just um, think because I, I agree with the you, eyes of the world are on this, and it, like, you're giving them a short enough thing that they will spend their time analysing it. For example, like the one that you watch next, which is in episode three of Beyonce's one performance of Formation within Coldplay's set, where every single outfit choice was a reference to something was either reference to Michael Jackson yeah. or all the Black Panthers or something like that. And people noticed... Put that on ice. Put that on ice. That's coming up next. But, I mean, people noticed those references, even though they were... Yeah. Happened in a 40-second yeah, performance. True. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing that I kind of question about it is, like, Missy Elliott comes in and is on for a while. She does three three songs. She makes an impression. Would you hand over... You've got 15 minutes what is supposed to be like the pinnacle of a career it's just an interesting choice to hand that over to someone for quite a significant amount of time and i don't know whether the assumption is like we don't have the um capacity or the attention span to hold on for to one person for that long she does say in the documentary when she's speaking to um what looks like a board of like 15 white men who she is in charge of it's quite impressive she walks in and she's in charge of this meeting and she tells the super bowl organizers that they've had too many shows where it's just one band and they can't do that anymore because people's attention span is too short. Interesting. So she's... She... Which, I, which again, back to TikTok. Mm. Well, I suppose this was pre-TikTok, but like, yeah, I mean, attention spans have a shot. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't that crazy? Because what does that mean for long-form gigs? Presumably, because she does do like hour-long she does two, shows. Two, her normal gig length is two hours and 15 minutes. And she's on stage basically yeah, so the whole must... time. But this yeah, is... so I wonder, like, the holding the attention thing is kind of interesting in that context. Yeah, but you're holding here. You, this is Super Bowl gig is basically like a festival gig. So you go, the people are not there to see Katy Perry. They're there because it's a Super Bowl or because they're like, we'll have a look at this cultural phenomenon. But people who go to a Katy Perry gig are Katy Perry fans, presumably. Fans yeah. and want to hear their songs in entirety. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, so there wasn't much to interpret in this, but those conspiracy theorists managed to... Oh, please tell me everything about this. Okay, so my favourite conspiracy theory... Well, so, yeah, so a number of Katy Perry conspiracy theories. Mm. Um, there's a conspiracy theory that she's jo- actually Jean Bonnet Ramsey. Oh, yeah, I heard the this. Murdered, the small the, the, murdered child. The small child, and despite the small murdered uh, beauty queen, and despite the fact that... Um, it's been pointed out that she was she was is not. People still believe that. Oh yeah, she's born a different time, different place. But she has almost exactly the same eyebrows, Nick. And the internet has pointed out that you can't change an eyebrow. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. Proof. Yeah. The other uh, conspiracy theory is that um, she's a robot working for the communists. <laughs> and uh, conspiracy wiki said. It would, be, it would be bad enough if she was just a communist, but the sad fact is she's also a robot. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's that. That's the, the, the sad fact. So the thing, about, the thing that has emerged about conspiracy theories around the Super Bowl is largely that they're some kind of Illuminati ritual. Mm. And this started with Madonna's 
uh, Super Bowl, which I think was a couple of years before, where she came on uh, as a kind of Egyptian goddess. Yeah. Now, the Egyptian goddess reference is not... It's very clear, right? She does the Egyptian, uh, Egyptian goddess, like, that's what she looks like. Yeah. And the conspiracy theorists were like... Essentially, she is there to as a stand-in to raise the goddess Isis as a as a giant Illuminati ritual. And look, she's doing strange hand movements. Yeah, that would be the song Vogue. She's voguing <laughs> to the song Vogue. That's what those hand movements would be, you cultural wasteland of a human. But still, uh, these people that's what they believe so they so that's where that kind of started so in terms of uh katie perry they believe that the continuation is that um it was on the first of february which is in bulk which is a pagan festival that involves blood sacrifice um and it is to celebrate the pagan goddess of learning and poetry is that a bad thing apparently so um and so uh the belief is that Perry was a stand-in for this goddess brigand mm-hmm. because uh, the, 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 in, in this uh, website that I looked at called Illuminati Watch, it said, because isn't she a poet? Um, and it also said, my favourite bit was that it said that, uh, that so Imbolg often involves a blood sacrifice. Um, and it said, we didn't see anyone get richly sacrificed which is a good thing, exclamation mark. So that was their point. However, I would have disagree, and I would say that had they maybe replaced Lenny Kravatz with a blood sacrifice, that might have poked things up no end. <laughs> or he came out and then there was a live blood sacrifice of, sacrifice. of Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. And then she <laughs> yeah. and Missy Elliott sort of feast upon his carcass. And then, then but, okay, I'd be like, you know what, fair enough. That looks like perfect. Looks like. So, so essentially, this whole thing there's quite a lot of sort of deconstruction of why this was a massive Illuminati pagan um, uh, ritual, uh, which I was enjoying. But the thing about that, I think, is also that that's kind of when conspiracy theories were almost cute. Like two f- 2015 feels like the last point at which you could kind of go, oh, you silly people. Because yeah. now I feel like conspiracy theories have ruined all our lives. Yes, and right? like, QAnon people in the US government. It's basically like this is the precursor to QAnon, yeah. essentially. Um, and also, like the other, the, 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 the sort of the dark side of this is that ultimately, this all this Illuminati stuff is essentially just racism and misogyny. And it's anti <laughs> like, Semitism. The whole thing is linked. It's to... the whole thing is like awful. You know, like it's, but I think at this point, like we, everyone was kind of like, oh, Illuminati theories. Oh, and then basically, you end up in front of, you know, like I did, uh, ended up at a dinner with relatives and one of my close relatives telling me that the eu is a nazi plot and that's why we need brexit yes. and, and, you know that's that that's the sort of sadly conspiracy theories have become a political issue um but here it was kind of like a cultural issue but these people really believed it you also, know i feel like at the time if you weren't people didn't think you remember the illuminati it would have been very insulting because you really wouldn't have made it to the sort of well, yes yeah. if people didn't suspect you yeah. of being a lizard Yes. Well, the implication is basically like none of these black men or black women or women were able to actually 
get to this level of success without being the puppets of white men. Yeah. Essentially, that's the that's the kind of like dark racist misogyny behind these, uh, along with many other things. But um, but it's still quite amusing to read. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, so yeah, so we just watched a big blood ritual sacrifice in the form of Katy Perry dressed up uh, in, as a firework. Would you like to know about her riders? Just to yes, I please. Like we do little rider sign-offs uh, now. Yeah, we need a rider sign-off. Rider sign-off. Okay, so uh, Katy Perry has got a very, very long rider. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so the dressing room draped again. Back to the drapes. Cream or soft pink. There must be two cream-coloured egg chairs. One with its own footstool. The coffee. What? The coffee table must be made of perspex and in a modern style. There must be two French ornate floor lamps and the fridge must have a glass door. The flower arrangements must be white and purple hydrangeas, pink and white roses and peonies. Absolutely no carnations. Oh. Uh, And she wants a five-star hotel to stay in. Fair enough. Um, Chauffeurs Uh are not allowed to start a conversation with her. Same with the Uh. the wheelmen. They're also directed to stare at the backseat through the... Not to stare at the backseat through the rearview mirror. They must not ask for any photographs or autographs. And she must have a special SIG drinking bottle, whatever that is. SIG, S-I-G-G, drinking bottle. Oh, yeah, so the tour personnel must be supplied with SIG drinking bottles, which are like drinking bottles that you fill up and refill. So, like, surely Uh you would then bring that drinking bottle to the next venue rather than getting yourself yes. a reusable drinking bottle that you then put in the bin and move on. Because she was also requested four SIG drinking bottles in her car. Oh. So, there you go. Katy Perry. Wow. Katy Perry, more demanding than J-Lo. Who knew? That is quite a... That's a lot of being able to see into things. <laughs> is she cons- Maybe she's worried that Missy Elliott's going to be under she's the table. And that's why she needs it to be perspex. <laughs> because she, she's actually she had Missy Elliott. Need be. She's actually had Missy Elliott pop out on her, so now it's probably put the fear of God into her. You know, now she knows yeah. that it can definitely. Is she in happen. the fridge? At least I know she's not in the. Fridge. She's not in the fridge because I can see and she's it not under the perspex modern style coffee table because I can see through it. Lit by the French lamps, <laughs> it's all making sense. Well, I think that's a very sensible ride. good for you, Katy Perry. Yeah. Um, so I've really enjoyed um, this little Super Bowl bites, Nick. Yes, I love. I'm loving these Super Bowl bites, and we have got uh, Coldplay coming up next. Mm-hmm. That's going to be our next Super Bowl bites. Um, so thank you so much for listening, and uh, please do, if you feel so moved, leave us a little review, a little five stars on the Apple Podcast because that helps us out yeah, no really end. Helps. You can also follow us on Gig Out Podcast on Instagram, and we're also Gig Out Podcast on Facebook as well. Hey, thank you so much for listening. See you for Coldplay, our next Super Bowl Bites. Bye. Bye.